0: Reaching across the country for the biggest sports news this weekend, from Atlanta to Seattle, from Boston to LA. This is Big Sports Radio.
1: As we come on the air, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley. We've got Josh Ewing on audio. Tony Codero, our producer, is joining us. Uh, it's a it's a it's a momentous weekend, fellas. Uh, this is the beginning of season two of Big Sports Radio. I know you've been blowing balloons and popping them uh, all day long to celebrate, but congratulations, guys! This is great.
2: Huzzah! I was <laughs> to say something like that. No, it's pretty cool. I mean, been going for a for a year. That seems like just seems like we started yesterday. Who knows? I, I, I never thought uh, when you kind of think about this, you never know how long you know. You start this program, you never. Answer, man, it's been a lot of fun over a year, and and I, I'm really looking forward to the future, even though Mike's here.
3: Exactly, even though I'm here, it's still been fun. Um, I, I, I do think you know it, it's been a lot of fun knowing that that we're able to visit with people across the country, whether you're in you know Seattle, L.A., Boston, Atlanta. Or any of the Big Ten country in between, which is now the whole country. Um, it, it's great that you've invited us into your homes, and we really appreciate that invitation.
1: Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun, and uh, we we silenced the critics who said you guys won't last a month. Uh, they didn't say that. We just told ourselves that to motivate ourselves. But no, but no, seriously, it's uh, it is a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> we wish we could say that we planned to be in Seattle because we knew the Huskies were headed to the Big Ten. We didn't. We we we'd like to say that we did, but we we really didn't. Um, but uh, yeah, it's nice to have but
2: Larry. Maybe, a, maybe that's why they joined the Big Ten.
1: They they love the show. Clearly, they love the show. Want to be we, a part of it. UW. They said we we want we want to we want mentions on Big Sports Radio. Well, you got them. UW. There you go. Go go dogs. Go Huskies. <laughs> there you go. All right. Twenty twenty four. They're coming. It's uh, nice for uh, uh, for a weekend to not talk expansion just for once to talk about other things coming up. And we do have a round table uh, on the way later. A couple of our friends, uh, Tom Kakerts uh, of the uh, hawkeyereport.com out of Iowa on three network. He's going to join us. He returns to the show and a newcomer, a uh, Jim Coyle from uh, Indiana rivals publisher of that site. He's going to come on as well. We'll talk a little expansion and we'll talk a little big 10 football As again, we are coming up here. Week zero is next week. And then the week one opener for most schools, following week uh labor day weekend uh but first off let's um uh, get the usc perspective if you will and we're going to head out to la uh joining us now todd dr todd boyd he is the professor of cinema and media studies in the uh, usc school of cinematic arts uh truly one of the uh great voices in our society and he's a big sports fan too uh big backer of the trojans so uh, dr boyd welcome to uh, big sports radio. Uh, tell us your thoughts and what people are talking about in terms of, uh, of expansion and going to the big 10 in 2024.
4: Um, well, you know, uh, football season is about to start. So I think people are probably more focused on, uh, the return of the Heisman trophy winner and, uh, the beginning of this season. Um, you know, of course, as you mentioned next season, um, there's the move to the big 10 and, um, That's going to be a huge move. I don't know if everybody's fully processed what that means yet, but, you know, conversations about travel schedule and things like this. But uh, with it being a year away and, you know, this current football season having not yet started, I don't know that it's top of the uh, list of priorities. But once the season over, for sure, it will be in throughout this season as well.
3: So um, you take a look at this USC team, how excited are the USC fans to see this, uh, what looks to be a potential juggernaut uh, coming back to potentially win the last PAC 12 conference championship of all time?
4: Well, you know, uh, last season was great, but it didn't end well. Um, But that notwithstanding, um, you know, things had been, uh, dark <laughs> for the few years before that. And so, uh, you know, I mean, when you talk about college football, USC, of course, is one of the biggest brands in college football and has been for some time, um, all programs go through down periods. Um, but, you know, to, uh, have a new coach in Lincoln Riley and, you know, uh, Caleb Williams, who would ultimately win the Heisman Trophy. Um, you know, I mean, people were very excited and and hopeful that going forward, uh, USC would be on the big stage where it belongs. So I think, you know, coming into uh, this season, the fact that Caleb Williams is returning, um, you know, Lincoln Riley's had a year to implement his system and perhaps more time to recruit um, you know, uh, use the transfer portal, et cetera. Um, things didn't end well, as I say, last season, but I think, you know, it, it's pointing to um, something very positive this season, not only in the, you know, last year the Pac-12, but, you know, in terms of national championship picture. So um, I think that's exciting. I think, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see how it plays out. But to have been so bad um, for a stretch of time was hard. Um, watching, you know, all these SEC teams dominate. Recognizing that if things were in order, um, USC would be in that conversation. Well, I think USC is back in that conversation, and it, it feels great.
1: Talking with Dr. Todd Boyd here, and uh, one of the. Boy, for, for decades, one of the preeminent voices, not just uh, for USC, but also around the country. Um, you talk about, again, the, the power of USC football, and certainly there's no question the Trojans are back on the national stage um, after maybe not quite so much for a few years. Um, you know, when you look at right now this landscape that we're going to, it's it's people saying the big two is coming. I would argue the big two is already here in terms of when you look at the the ratings, uh, the, the rankings right now, I should say, the preseason rankings, it's Big Ten and SEC up there. When you look at the, the top paid, uh, highest paid coaches at the top 15 highest paid coaches, 12 are in the Big Ten or the SEC. A uh, 13th is Lincoln Riley uh, at USC. So, um, it, it just you get this feeling right now, USC going into the Big Ten, um, right away, the Big Ten becomes the Big Three or the Big Four with USC there. And you can kind of begin to see this where. It feels like it's shaping up to be a Big Ten ACC beatdown, uh, SEC beatdown, I should say, uh, each winter.
4: Well, you know, I think uh, when you look around the country, I mean, uh, it's funny because back in the mid 2000s, when Pete Carroll was uh, the coach at USC, um, things looked a lot different, um, and seemingly right after that, you know, uh, the SEC kind of reemerged. I mean. LSU was good during that time and won national titles. Um, Florida had a run. And then Nick Saban, of course, went to Alabama, and they had their dominance. um, And then subsequently, Kirby Smart uh, at Georgia. Um, And so the SEC has, I think, had a lot. But, you know, Ohio State's been very good, of course, throughout this time. Uh, uh, And then, you know, more recently, Michigan's come back into the equation. Um, so, you know, when you talk about these brands and I think, you know, conference realignment this comes up, but, you know, these have long been dominant brands in college football. As I say, all programs go through down periods, but, you know, I mean, for years when people talked about the granddaddy of them all, it was, you know, Michigan or Ohio state playing USC in the Rose Bowl. And this was a big deal. That's of course history now. Um, and, you know, so when we think about DCS and a uh, contemporary way of uh, sort of deciding college football champions. I think it's interesting, and there needed to be some balance in terms of geographical balance, um, Big Ten, SEC. These conferences, of course, you know, all used to be based on certain um, regional rivalries, and that's no longer the case. I mean, you know, USC is going to be in the same conference with Michigan and Ohio State um, Texas and Oklahoma are going to be in the SEC. The way I grew up watching college football, those regional rivalries were huge. They're very important. Um, what we're going to see going forward, I think will be very different, um, because it's not so much based on regional rivalries. It's like the biggest brands are concentrated in a handful of conferences. And it does look like the big 10 and the SEC are those two conferences.
3: As a uh, a longtime USA USC backer, what do you think uh, of of having the tables kind of turned? Is it is it going to be interesting uh, watching USC UCLA go to the Midwest in the colder part of the year? As Big Ten guys, we've seen the Big Ten team to go out to Pasadena and generally run into all sorts of problems. Uh, Do you think adapting to the cold weather will be a a curveball for the the Trojans, or do you think it's just another thing that they'll overcome?
4: Well, you know, I mean, uh, playing in, you know, Wisconsin or at Penn State, you know, places like this, you know, Lansing, uh, Iowa city, you know, I'm from Detroit and I went to grad school at Iowa. So, you know, I I know the big 10 very well. Um, you know, it gets to be November and you have to go into some of those locations, even if you're in the big 10, you know, it's a challenge. So, um, it'll certainly be a challenge. Um, you know, I think, uh, there've been times, you know, when, uh, teams have had to make, you know, a journey to a place like that. And play in inclement conditions, Um, you know, the weather in Oregon, Washington is not always great, but that's not really comparable to, you know, the worst winter weather you're going to get, you know, in the Midwest. So it's a challenge. Um, You know, it's a challenge for sure. But, um, you know, uh, great teams adjust. And you know, uh, recognizing that the weather may be uh, issue, you know, you know that going in, so you prepare for it. Um, I think it'll have an impact. I don't know how much of an impact it will have because ultimately, you know, great teams can adapt and adjust and can survive all that. So it'll be a factor for sure. I mean, um, you know, uh, both ways. Uh, you mentioned, you know, those Big Ten teams coming out west. I often think about. You know, let's say in the NBA, when you have uh, like Milwaukee or Cleveland or uh, maybe some of these uh, teams, you know, they come out to L.A. and they get a long trip uh, three or four days before the game. And then when the game takes place against the Lakers or the Clippers, they get blown out. They've been hanging out in L.A. having a lot of fun. Um, So, you know, I mean, it can work both ways, but certainly. Uh, You know, I don't know anybody in L.A. who's looking forward to going to some of those places in the Midwest in November. And um, having, you know, spent a lot of time in that environment myself, I can certainly understand that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The the trip
1: east may not be quite as uh, quite as much fun. You're exactly right. We've got about a minute left here. Just curious uh, in regards to the Pac-12. I know that you do follow this uh, fairly closely as a big fan, a longtime fan. Um, Do you see any way they add? enough teams or the caliber of teams to keep this going. It just doesn't seem like they are able to keep their power five status, even if they do add, uh, some of the top teams from conferences like the mountain West.
4: Well, I mean, the pack 12, as we know it, I mean, I'm old enough to remember when it was the pack eight, um, sure. you know, before it became the pack 10 and then the pack 12, um, you know, the pack 12 as we know it is, it's finished. Um, you know, uh, USC, boo CLA, as we say, um, you know, and then later you get Oregon and Washington, um, you know, the Arizona schools. I mean, you know, what's, what's left. You got Oregon state, you got Washington state, you got Cal and Stanford, um, Cal and Stanford, you know, could end up in another conference, but the PAC 12, as we know it's done. And honestly, I think it was done when um usc and the school across town decided to leave um and then when you take you know oregon which of course has that strong association with nike um and washington and seattle um what's left i mean it's a very different experience i mean cal and stanford are great universities but cal has not been very good athletically stanford on occasion um, you know, has had, uh, competitive teams, but what we call the PAC 12 doesn't really exist. So it's kind of hard to imagine that it will be a factor when, you know, the sort of strength, you know, USC, Oregon, the teams that are consistently good more recently are playing in other conferences.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we'll leave it there. Dr. Todd Boyd, great to have your insights and hopefully we get a chance to have you come on again and and talk a little more because, you know, it's something that's not going away anytime soon.
4: Yeah, this is a, you know, new landscape for college football. And I guess we're all trying to figure out, you know, how this is going to work. I'm curious. Um, but as I say, we have another year before we have to deal with that. And the new season's coming up. So uh, I'm looking forward to that before we get to the conference realignment.
1: We, Mike and I, we are jealous that you'll be at the Coliseum this year and we won't because it's one of (laughs) our favorite
4: stadiums.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Boyd, thanks so much. Take care.
4: All right. Thank you. This ad
5: furnished by Nesmataju LLC. Offer not valid in all states or prohibited by law. Loans are subject to lender approval. See website for
6: details. Honey, the credit card bill came, and we're maxed out. Great. Maxed out cards, rent is due, bills are piling up. We just need some extra cash to help us get by. We should do what my brother did. He went to 27cash.com and got $3,000. With our bad credit? 27cash.com is different. They're one of the largest personal loan networks. They can help people with any type of credit get up to $5,000. I'm sure there's a lot of paperwork. Nope. My brother said it was fast and easy. He did it right from his phone.
5: If you have a regular source of income, you can be approved for a loan of up to... $5,000 in minutes and your cash can hit your bank account as soon as the next day. Our lenders have millions of dollars to lend regardless of your credit history. Great news. I went to 27cash.com and we'll have our money as soon as tomorrow.
6: Wow, that is fast.
5: If you need extra cash, go to 27cash.com. That's 27cash.com. 27cash.com.
0: They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them
7: at neonrain.com. The first 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you, we promise. Call the tax doctor right now, I mean right now, to learn more. 800-917-8546.
8: 800-917-8546. 800-917-8546. That's 800-917-8546.
1: Right back here on the show, uh, Larry, Mike, and Brad, guys. Doctor Boyd, great to have his thoughts um, on there. And you know, we we just we were talking last couple of weeks that you know in the past year, because the year we've been on, we really have not reached out and gotten the USC perspective. And as I was talking with them, you know, I know that they're different school. UCLA is another school, but both in LA, and and there may be some crossover there. But, um, you know, it's it's high time we reach out and make sure we have those guys, not just those two schools, but again, Oregon and Washington to hear them on the show on a regular basis. Beginning now,
2: yeah, it may not even stop there, but yeah, I, I really think that it's good to get this perspective because also you know, it, it's different. I mean, the Midwestern people have a different perspective on having the Western people come in, but what are their thoughts about moving to the big 10? And then their side here with that interview, we talk about this interview. It's like, that's not a, although they're involved in athletics, there's also an academic side there. And there's just, there's a lot to this, this movement to conferences more than just, and we've had, you know, many different people on this show talk about this, where it's not just about the sports. There's, there's other things involved. There's research dollars and grant money and all these things that, uh, Kind of the prestige of universities, all this stuff, it it real, all this matters.
3: Yeah, and and we were look, we were one of the groups who was saying Oregon and Washington were coming. We we've said that for a while. I really think, due to what you were talking about, Brad, with the research and the prestige, I think we're going to see even Stanford and Cal might get looked at, and that would allow you to have a 16 pod, but we'll find out. And there's going to be a lot of neat things happening over the next year or two. We thought it was going to, we thought it might take a little longer, but boy, it's like better sit down and pay attention. Cause never know what's going to happen next.
1: Yeah. Well, like you said, I, you know, we've talked about, I think that we all agree. Pac-12 is even if they do merge with some other schools, mountain West schools, whatever they're, they're going to lose that designation as one of the power five conferences. That's probably out the window. Um, But I think to your point, we're, we're all kind of after USC and UCLA, we're waiting for that next domino to fall. Colorado was it. And that's the one rock you took out of the rock pile, right? And everything, it just comes falling down. And so now to your point, it does kind of speed things up a bit. And I think, again, you get through another football season and I think not only do the schools involved and the people making the decisions at those schools, but the TV networks are also, they get a chance for a full season to kind of think through how's this going to look um, you know, we're already seeing a number of Big Ten teams on CBS this fall. Obviously, Fox ramping things up. You're seeing advertisements on NBC stations across the country. Local aver- local stations are advertising Big Ten is coming Saturday night, so they'll get a chance to kind of see what this looks like and and may make it, you know, a, a a better informed decision on what other teams to add if they decide to do so at this time. And if those two schools are Stanford and Count, I think we all agree that we feel like that's still just a matter of time. So we'll see. Uh, kind of what happens uh, in college football. Uh, you know, the NFL is uh, fast approaching. September seventh is the opener, that Thursday night game. Um, and uh, you know, we wanted to get into the the fun as well. Mike, I know you're all over this. What what are we doing right now for the fans to kind of make this this fall a bit more
3: fun? Well, we've got uh, Splash, who is the uh, the folks who brought you Run Your Pool and Office Football Pool. And you can basically go and you can go to a website, uh, sportsguypool.com. And for $10, you can get into pools and not only compete with fellow fans of this show, but but people online, you can win money. And we're going to start off with a weekly survivor pool. So for you NFL fans, there's 32 teams each week. You pick one team that you think is going to win and you see how long you can go in the season I'll probably be out, I'm predicting, in week one or two. But it should be a lot of fun, and there'll be some money for people to win. Please go to uh, sportsguypool.com and jump in and see if you can get your share of the winnings.
2: I I would be donating, as we all know.
3: (laughs) That's pretty much much my fate when it comes to gambling. I could probably burn my money because I've just never win these things. But you would think if you could just look at the schedule and go, this one team is going to win. The problem is you can't use the team more than once, and that's where it gets a little challenging.
1: It's, that's always my issue. Yeah, so as I always like you know lose right away. And I'm Like, wait a minute, then good teams left in the end. So exactly, it's our version of uh, of when the guy's money. So you know, <laughs> it's, it's just, we're putting money in, and we ain't get it back. So it's just it's just not happening. Uh, All right. Uh, Another time out right now. Uh, Stay with us, though. Our college football roundtable is coming up. Tom Cakert and Jim Coyle are joining the fellas. And we're going to talk again. Big 10. What's next here in 2023? And what's ahead for the conference as well as the rest of college football in 2024? And a quote, Buzz Lightyear and beyond. Uh, This is Big Sports
9: Radio. Attention business owners, have you filed for your employee retention credit and been approved? Are you now waiting for your refund check from the IRS instead of waiting months to a year plus? How would you like to get your ERC money in about 10 days? Now you can. With ERCMoneyUpfront.com, we help business owners that have filed their employee retention credit and been approved to get their money faster. If you're getting between $75,000 and $5 million, we could get you up to a 70% advance on that money in about 10 days. To learn more about how you can get your ERC money faster, call this number right now. Speak with one of our funding specialists and have a text sent to your cell phone with details.
8: 800-279-0419. 800-279-0419. 279 419 That's 800-279-0419. This is not a loan product except in California. An offer is not available in the state of Massachusetts. and we'll change it. Cancel it and fix it for you. We know the insider secrets to fixing reservations that the airlines don't want you to know about. So if you need to cancel, change, or modify an existing airline reservation, call Skywatch right now. It's a free call, so let us fix it for you. 800 413 7158 800 413 7158 800 413 7158 That's
7: 800-413-7158. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more.
8: 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160.
0: You're listening to the Big Sports Radio Network with Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, and Brad Sturdy. We're back and it is August. You
2: know what that means, Mike? It means it is almost college football season. Oh, yeah, baby. Hey, you know it's weird. To, we're waiting for week one, but we're also waiting for week zero because that's when college football starts. That makes sense, right? Um, week zero. Um, we, as I look at this college football season, it's going to be exciting. You know, but the same teams are at the top. I guess for me, uh, in the Big Ten. You know, what do we have in the Big Ten? What's it look like? What's going to be different this year than we've seen in the past? Joining us today, we got Jim Coyle from ISP Media, um, Indiana Rivals. We've got Tom kakert K- K- from Iowa Rifles. Sorry, um that Rifles. I'm on 3 now. Oh, I'm sorry. Tom Kicker on 3 Sports formerly Rifles, but he's with on 3 Sports now the Iowa um site and, and so these guys are locked in Big 10 um coverage and and they just the, I want to get some feedback from you guys. I'll start with you Jim. Tell me what do you see from the Big 10 this year? What are you going to see from um the, what are we going to see <laughs>
5: Well, the
10: usual suspects right now. It seems like with Michigan and, o- and uh, Ohio State uh, already being ranked very highly, uh, Penn State's going to get a look. I- I'm not sure what Iowa has. Um, I've been trying to find out about Indiana, and I know nothing about Indiana right now. So, um, but the usual suspects. I don't know. I don't know who's going to be the surprise. That's the the thing I'm wondering. Um, I-, I don't think it's going to be anyone like in Indiana or or Maryland or anyone like that. But uh, there's always a surprise team, and I don't know, and I'm wondering who that might be this year. Is Minnesota uh, ready to take a step up? Um, I'm not sure about that. But Michigan and Ohio State, uh, they're definitely up there. But a lot of pressure on Ryan Day uh, at Ohio State because of the success that uh, they're having at the school up north, as they say.
2: Yeah, it's it's rough when you lose uh, lose like one game a year, and it's bad, right? I mean, that's yeah. a, that's that's a that's rough the, situation. That's
10: the wrong game. That's the wrong game.
2: There. Uh, so, so I got a question, Tom. I, I'm looking at this for from your perspective. Iowa, of course, uh, being in the Big Ten West, they obviously have a much. I guess you could look at a, a higher ceiling. You have a chance. You don't have to play Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State every year. What what what's what are the Hawkeyes thinking?
11: You know, they think that they can be in the the, uh, the race for the Big Ten West. And, and guys, the Big Ten West is weird this year because you almost, you know, I joked with Kirk Ferentz that he almost needed a hi, my name is name tags when the Big Ten West coaches get together because new coach at Wisconsin, new coach at Nebraska, new coach at Purdue, new coach at Northwestern. And, you know, he and Bielema know each other very well, obviously. And, uh, you know, he, he knows PJ Fleck cause you know, Iowa beats them every year, but, um, and that's, that's, that's a bone of contention for PJ, but, um, yeah, it's, everybody seems in the big 10 West to be picking Wisconsin and they may win it, you know, they probably got if you look at it just from an offensive perspective, the most talented or, or the guy who's got the most, um, you know, pub, uh, Braylon Allen is their, their running back. Um, he's probably the best player in the West, but, um, you know, Iowa upgraded through the portal, Cade McNamara coming in, and um, I think that's going to help him a lot. He'll be an upgrade at quarterback, hopefully, you would think. Uh, but. You know, Illinois is a sleeper, guys. I, I've seen a lot of people kind of jumping on the the Illini bandwagon. Uh, I,
10: the, I have no doubts about that.
11: Yeah, and then in the in the East, I think everybody assumes Michigan, Ohio State, but this might be James Franklin's most talented team, and um, they're pretty good. And I, I, Iowa goes up there at the end of September, the Whiteout game. And that'll be a huge game on the schedule for for them. But boy, that's a that's a, a if you want a little bit of a sleeper, maybe a, you know Penn State this year in the in the East might be an interesting uh, discussion point.
3: Yeah, the the interesting thing to me is 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 this the year that Penn State can pick off one of the two big guys, either Ohio State or Michigan? Because it seems like everybody's already focused on the game. You know, we haven't even started playing yet, and they're worried about who's going to win Ohio State, you know, versus Michigan. And then, Tom, I'm going to agree with you. Look, I've been wrong on selections before. I'm really good at that. And I just don't see a first-year coach, Luke Fickle, when, when he's got guys doing things that are different than what they were recruited for you know that their offensive line you don't you don't come to to Wisconsin over the last 25 30 years if you're if you're a, a great pass blocker at least to begin with now all of a sudden these guys who are drive blockers are going to be expected to be great pass blockers yeah. i'm not saying he's not going to do a good job i'm just not certain in year 1 he can jump past what i was put together what maybe illinois can do and with pj fleck you have no idea if he if he catches lightning in a bottle what could happen with him
11: yeah it's it's an interesting division just because I, i'm with you i'm you know when you drastically change an offense i'd say more often than not it doesn't go well that first year it may go well long term exactly but when you're trying to you know that this is like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole in some in some ways because they've always recruited towards big human silos uh, run blocking and big backs and everything. And it didn't look great in the spring. Now they could get a lot better and things could get better. Tanner Mordecai is a really talented quarterback, but you know, it's just sometimes the, you know, there's a reason why Wisconsin kind of stuck with the same style for so long. And it's because it worked when Barry Alvarez came up there, he knew this was the style that you needed to do. And, Bielema did that, um, you know. The, uh, Paul Chris did it. I mean, they've stuck to this plan pretty much all the way through.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's going to be intriguing to see that system, and especially we get some snow in November. <laughs> trying yeah. to play, run the run the passing attack. I'm not sure that works as well in that situation. Uh, Jim, I, I look at that Big Ten East too, and I, you know, Indiana. You know, obviously they're they're chasing. You know, it, it's been they had chase, a really good year.
10: That's not even a chase. <laughs>
2: <laughs> They're a little bit behind, I guess. So. <laughs> but if you
10: well, you know, they had a good a, year
2: a few years back, and, and what's the status right now? And what are people thinking there in Indiana about that that program?
10: Exactly what you think they are. Um, <laughs> uh, they they got you're exactly right. They got that taste of success, and it was fun. And a lot of people think that it was a fluke, and I, I will always say that it absolutely was not. The only thing I will say is what made the difference was not having the butts in the seats. That made all the difference in the world uh, because they were able to, to it was an equal playing ground. But wasn't that cool to see what happens on an equal playing ground, what it would really be like if a, a team didn't have to go into a 110,000-seat a stadium uh, and the effects of that, I don't know that I, I, I found that kind of cool that year. Uh, not that I want to go back to that. Please don't think that, uh, but, uh, it was not a fluke. They had great talent, but that talent got siphoned away. Uh, first and foremost, Kalen DeBoer, who is now the head coach at uh, Washington, who was now back into the big 10 come next year, but he has had a, a successful run. He went back out west first to be a head coach uh but then up to washington and man oh man i i loved kaelin DeBoer the moment he got to indiana because i knew his You just looked at what he had done before and even though it had been at a lower level it was just psychotic off the chart success like I think he lost like three games or something out of a uh, 1.6 million, maybe. I don't know. It was just, uh, but he was just a real, you could tell it was just success. He was just success. And boy, that, that, that was something Indiana fans hadn't seen. And it was great to see they had the talent. You have Michael Penix, Jr. Heisman trophy candidate now. Uh, out in Washington under uh, uh, Kalen DeBoer again. Uh, So, and congratulations to them. That'll be fun to watch. Um, But it's, I I don't know if they're expecting much, though, because how can you uh, when you know what the past has been? But I'll be honest with you. I, I don't know what to expect because it's not, that uh, they're hiding anything, they don't know who the quarterback's going to be. I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. I, I swear, I, I honestly, I swear, I do not think that they know who their quarterback is. Uh, I, I don't think that there's any way he's been determined because they are that close because they both had differences. Uh, uh, Jackson is a is a better athlete, a better runner. And I I expect them to have a much better running game this year. Uh, The offensive line change with uh, Bostad from Wisconsin, uh, who had nothing but success running, um, is going to give them a a great change there. And they've got a great running back room. A lot of guys that came in, but they have Josh Henderson back, All-American Jalen Lucas. Uh, So they have talent. Um, back there for a great running game. He's not the passer, though, that Brendan Sorsby is. And what's the offense going to be? What is their identity going to be? I don't know. Uh, And I promise you they are not going to tip their hat at all. Tom Allen, uh, he is doing any and everything he can to keep everything uh, under wraps, Uh, but that does not mean to say that i i think that there there's a there's a guy i again i do not think that defense that's going to be interesting they had a lot of guys come in i don't know what uh is going to happen there the back the defensive backfield they have got to shore that up indiana made their bones on turnovers back when they were having that success too and man not only were they doing that they led the big 10 they led the country and in interceptions that just Evaporated, uh, and so they have got to get back to ball hawking and and a, a defense that seems like it is much more uh, aggressive and and a little bit more bite. There's been a lot of change. Tom Allen coaching the defense, not coaching the defense now. He's not calling the defense again. So uh, it, it's just it's it's going to be interesting, and I, I'm I, I have some optimism for the team uh, as everybody keeps asking me about a bowl. And I I kept saying, no, 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 no way. And then I look at the schedule. I'm like, all right, I don't know because I don't know what they have. If they can can be competitive and beat the teams they're supposed to beat and then beat some of these teams that you could beat, then yeah, they could get that six win mark. But I I think that would be a ceiling for them. Uh, But I haven't seen a thing.
2: Right. It's a, it's obviously a, it's a, it's definitely a up in the air. See what we get out of them. When you don't have a quarterback, sometimes that means you, you, you know, when you don't know who the starting quarterbacks means you may not have one, I guess is some way to look at what do you, what do you guys, any Tom, any rule changes? How do you think those big rule changes with timing, they're going to have any effect on anything this year?
11: I don't think so. I think mean, you know, football is football, as Kirk France would say, it's just, I, I don't think it's going to have an appreciable impact on, on the game much at all. I, I, I think we're just playing away, doing our. You thing. think it'll speed it up, though, right? A little bit, yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah.
10: I mean, I I'll definitely think that it will, and I'm grateful. I mean, whew. Uh, uh, uh,
11: you know, these, what the, you these know
10: what? Indiana games are three, forty-five, four hours uh, consistently. Let
11: me, Let me tell you what it's going to do is. It, you might think it's going to speed up. Somebody's got to pay for those uh, those. Billion dollar TV contracts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we gotta throw some
11: we're more commercials. I gotta throw a
2: commercial on. The clock will run on first downs, uh, but the clock will stop on five minutes of
8: commercials. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah. Well,
2: yeah. hey guys, we're gonna we're gonna take a break here. um We'll be back in just a little bit, and we're gonna talk about ex- Big Ten expansion. Obviously, we're talking about the 2023 season here. But the 2024 season is when it all changes in the Big Ten. The schedule changes. The teams change. And and they, we saw over the last couple of weeks we've seen even more change in the Big Ten. So um, we're going to pay some bills here. We'll come back in just a minute and talk Big Ten and college football expansion.
7: Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Are drug and alcohol problems hitting you too close to home? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. 877-927-3380.
8: 877-927-3380 That's 877-927-3380 800 613 8053. That's 800
5: 613 8053. This ad furnished by Nesmataju LLC. Offer not valid in all states or prohibited by law. Loans are subject to lender approval. See website for details.
6: Honey, the credit card bill came, and we're maxed out. Great. Maxed out cards, rent is due, bills are piling up. We just need some extra cash to help us get by. We should do what my brother did. He went to 27cash.com and got $3,000. With our bad credit? 27cash.com is different. They're one of the largest personal loan networks. They can help people with any type of credit get up to $5,000. I'm sure there's a lot of paperwork. Nope. My brother said it was fast and easy. He did it right from his phone.
5: If you have a regular source of income, you can be approved for a loan up to $5,000 in minutes, and your cash can hit your bank account as soon as the next day. Our lenders have millions of dollars to lend regardless of your credit history. Great news. I went to 27cash.com, and we'll have our money as soon as tomorrow.
6: Wow, that is fast.
5: If you need extra cash, go to 27cash.com. That's 27cash.com. 27cash.com.
2: We're back, and we're, now we're going to switch gears. We talked about 2023. We talked a little bit about what we see from the Big Ten in that year. Let's talk this college football roundtable. Let's talk about expansion. Of course, we're going to focus on the Big Ten. We've got all kinds of new things happening in the Big Ten, and obviously we're going to end up with a new schedule. The schedule we yeah. previously got is going to be different now. So now we're going to move into the The era of you know what eighteen Big Ten teams at least for now, and, and we'll see where we go from here. What What are the thoughts on, on on the campuses of Iowa and Indiana? What are your thoughts on this Big Ten expansion? Jim, I have,
10: I I'm looking forward to seeing what are they going to do with the schedule. Are they going? How are they going to design it? Like they were with a uh, one group where you play home and home, or, and, and then a group uh, home and then a group away. Uh, or, or are you going to play everybody one time, uh, and then have a rival? Maybe that's home and home. Um, it, it's it's going to be I, I I don't know how they're going to do it, but it's going to be interesting. Um, so I, I don't know that they'll do the the everywhere you play everybody once. Tom, uh, what do you think of that? Yeah, I'm just
11: I'm curious to get you guys' view on this because you know, they're doing away with the divisions and, um,
10: thank goodness,
11: 18, 18 team <laughs> conference. So, um, is it good for Indiana, for Iowa, for Illinois on the football side or basketball side that, that this league is getting so big and oh it's just, you know, now you're, if you finish in ninth place, you're middle of the pack, but, Boy, ninth place is probably going to get you fired. I mean, because people just see ninth place. You know what I mean? It's. um I just wonder if it's. Uh, I, I know everybody's all jazzed up about expansion and and everything, but I'm just wondering if they're biting off a little bit more than they can chew here, and that it might be not not be great for some longtime Big Ten schools in, in terms of you know how are you going to win a Big Ten championship. You know, it's just. Yeah. It's going to be so difficult to do. And here's the other thing we're still going to, for football, they're still going to stick with nine games. So like nine of the teams are going to play five home and four away. And the other are going to, I and mean, it's just going to be unbalanced schedules, one, div, one league division kind of thing. It just, um, I know I was talking to somebody today, all the, the, kind of the main school, you know, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, they're all going to probably get one trip out West every year for, um, for, for conference play for football. So, yeah. yep. and here's the other thing guys. And, and you know, Brad, Mike, I, I know you guys will appreciate this too.
10: The sacrificial lambs.
11: Well, just, no, just the, it, <laughs> for basketball and you got an 18 team league and you got to play everybody. You're playing 17 other teams. How many times are Iowa and Illinois going to play twice in a year? Probably never. You know, it's never going to. End. Well,
10: that but but that's what I'm saying. How are they going to do it? Do you think? Do
11: yeah. You, you, are right Illinois, now, you are Indiana going to play twice a year?
10: Well, you, if they you could in this scenario where we, where you played everyone once, you would still you need one more game. So yeah, there's just, your, you play your rival once, but they may do it where you take a group of say four teams and you play them. Home and home, uh, then there's another group you play on the road and another group you play uh, at home. I uh, think you want, to like, play they curl. it
2: seems like everybody, it, it seems I like Illinois is going to like having Northwestern as their rival right now. I <laughs> would say that, so yes,
3: I, I think if you look at what Kevin Warren tried to put into place with an NFL like TV contract, I tend to think the Big Ten is going to try to get to 24 teams. Then you have four six-team pods, and you've got you've got your rivals in that six-team grouping, and then you figure out how you play the other pods. And the reality is, you're just not you're going to play some people in the same conference as you once every four years. And I, I'm not saying that's perfect, but I it seems like that's where they're trying to go. Uh, and because then, if you had four six-team pods. Then you can have, you know, two games and a championship game for football. So there's there you've got like almost three times the money and you can. And, and I think then you'll have those natural rivalries in basketball. But then I kind of worry you're really not in a conference with the rest of those teams because you play them so rarely that they might as well be in the big eight or wherever.
2: And and you have to mention, too, they're also going at the same time all this is going on. We're expanding the college football playoff to 12 teams. Yeah. So everybody's trying to figure out a way they can get into the college football playoff as well. Right. I mean, you know, because let's let's be honest, Michigan and Ohio State both were thinking. All we have to do is beat everybody else, even if we lose this one game, we're still in. We still got a chance. Teams like that. As where, you know, other teams are like, you know, I we probably can't make it, it when it's four teams. I mean, what are the odds? You know, honestly, Illinois could have a great year and they still probably aren't making the college football playoff. Yeah. And, and and it's just the reality. Well, maybe with 12 teams, you have a chance to sneak in if your schedule's correct. So I, I don't know how they're going to figure it all out. Do you really want to play? And and then you look at basketball and the other sports, and I think it's even more of a nightmare there. But um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. From, from I like Mike's was, pod
11: thing. From what I was told, um, you, you like know, the new logo. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. From what I was told, they're gonna for football. They're gonna keep those protected rival games. So, like Iowa's got three of those. So, good they, luck. <laughs> they got a good portion of their schedule. You know, they've got uh, the Wisconsin game, the Minnesota game, and Nebraska—all three trophy games. They're gonna keep those. And, but I, I just wonder if Fox. Uh, in the case of the Big Ten, um, you know, the SEC with with ESPN, if they're just going to demand eventually the media partners who are dishing out all this money are just going to demand, you all got to play 10 conference games. And just because the inventory is, is so much better than, you know, um, watching, watching uh, Iowa play Utah State or, uh, you know, Indiana playing – you know, Eastern Carolina or somebody like that. You know,
3: it's just. Well, I think that's true, Tom. I think that's yeah. true. And I think with four, four pods or division, that means you have four races for number one and you have four coaches a year who can say, thank God I won my pod and maybe keep the, yeah. the firing rate down a little lower. You know, I, I do think there's a lot of, of things that the that will the TV will start implementing. And who knows, maybe even there'll be a little bit more parody, although I, I don't necessarily will think the, that'll ever happen
10: will the sec go to seven games
2: <laughs> <laughs> so they they're can just add gonna in. play two conference games they're just gonna yeah, back. esp
3: espn won't let them but i, I if they could they would
11: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, they'll, and they'll add in the uh the their f uh, another fcs week right yeah <laughs> yes. Alabama can play troy state again Savannah state uh, yeah.
2: you know yeah. so yeah it's It's going to be, it's going to be wild, but let's be honest. We want to see those marquee matchups. I mean, yeah, it's fun to play the teams, but we want to see Michigan play Ohio state. We want to see Iowa play, you know, Wisconsin, whoever it is. We want to see teams play like those games. And those are the, you know, you look back, those are the highest rated games on television too. Every, every week are those, those big, big 10 games. I mean, they get the highest ratings. That's why the big 10 got the most money. When it came to negotiating the contract, and and that's why we are, you know, where we are with all this expansion. Is there going to be? Do you feel like they they have to do something? At, take stepping aside from football. What do they have to do to make it work in some of these minor sports, whether it's baseball or softball or oh, volleyball? That's whatever? easy.
10: That's it. There's no way that they are not going to do. Um, multi-group events uh cr- your cross-country event they do it in high schools all the time you just have a bunch come in you can do the same with tennis you can do the same with most of the sports there's no reason why uh you can't and then some of these sports are traveling out west all the time anyway someone pointed out the other day the iu rowing team makes like four trips has been making four trips to the west coast uh already uh so this is I, I think a little bit is being made about that. Just that's given some people uh, some kind of a stump to stand on. But uh, I, I think that they will, that they'll do something, whatever they can to mitigate the cost. They'll have to, because otherwise they'll be spending too much money.
11: Yeah, those guys, the other thing that's going to happen is that baseball and softball are going to be out in the West coast in early March. I mean, for big 10, I mean, that's boom. That's there you go. I didn't think about that out there because, you can just, you can just, the, the weather will be better. Uh, and, uh, you will great point shirt of getting those games in. So, cause those are always dicey in mid mid March, late March, uh, home games are always dicey.
2: Yeah, Tom. And that is why now I am going to start covering baseball and softball so I can go out to the West coast <laughs> and sit on the beach. So, No, uh, I I think that, yeah, I think we covered a lot of this stuff and we're going to, we could talk about this for hours, guys, talking about the, what's going to happen with the schedule, the expansion, all this stuff. It's a change and it's new for everybody and we're just kind of going through it. Well, I just want to, Hey, thank you guys for coming on today. Uh, Jim Coyle, Tom Caker, uh, appreciate you guys being a part of our round table. And uh, we're going to take a break right here. We'll be back in just a minute.
0: You're listening to the Big Sports Radio Network with Larry Smith, Mike Kegley and Sturdy.
2: That college football roundtable is a lot of fun. Glad those guys joined us. Now we're going to talk about a couple teams we didn't really get to delve into. Now, first one we're going to talk about is Minnesota head coach P.J. Fleck. And we got some sound uh, from him. We got to hear what he had to say.
12: But every time we end a season, we come back from the bowl game, you know, Garrett and I get together. We are already talking about next year's team. We talk about our roster, roster management. We're talking two years out, what this team's personality we think is going to be. Uh, you know, we gnaw on it, we think about it, and uh, we, we we spend a lot of time talking about that roster and, and knowing the personalities of that team, what are going to be the best or the biggest challenge is moving forward. And what are we going to have to do to connect this football team come September? Uh, And we start that in January. And we started talking about this word poise. And then just like anything, I mean, I have a sixth grade social studies teacher mind. So you're going to finding ways to teach young people the cultural thing you want, the thing you want to get better in 130 different ways where everybody's going to be able to get it, right? And uh, I think that was where it came from is just we knew this word poise, control, balance right in hostile situations right and how can we how can we get this message home constantly 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 and that's where you know the, the poison uh, band came into play where we could play that anytime they were in the building and have it in the background and have it downstairs that if they don't have poise they will have poison inside that locker room uh whether after a loss or you know when times get tough or whatever it is uh, and that's where it came from And now we have you know I don't know if you saw Crab's vintage Poison shirt when he walked out of Media Day. I mean, they've all bought into it. Now, can I tell you that uh, you know that they're big fans of Poison? I, I can't say that. I'm not sure if they're all fans of it. I bet you they can all name their favorite song or least favorite song. They probably have the names of those. And I think we we got the message home to all of them because again, their their first thing starting summer was just a little less Poison in the weight room, as I said in Media Day and. We were, we were willing to grant that for sure, because that was uh, that was easy, we think we got the message. Uh, they said, coach, we got it. But uh, pretty cool that we've even extended that all the way into training camp. There's not 15 different messages of what they have to do to get better this year. And that's why it's so important to get it right come January. There's been times we got we said it in January and come spring ball, we've changed it because that's not what they needed to get better at. And then training camp, oh, that's not that team for sure. This one, we hit spot on, that that's what's gonna be required, that control, that balance. Um, in real hostile situations and offensively, defensively, special teams uh, to have success.
13: When it comes to that transition
5: along the offensive line, we talked about Nathan Bow last week, yep. Quinn coming into guard. How do you look at, at right tackle and, and left guard?
12: Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the battle of camp. You know, uh, Martez Lewis has played a lot of football for us, he's played it at guard, he can play tackle. Uh, he's, he's a big individual. Played a lot of football. He, he's really committed to his body. He's committed to uh, understanding the game even more. Our offense, and every year, you just watch these guys get better and better. And it's all about the mat- the race to maturity level. I mean, it's unbelievable what uh, a young person. That I'm just giving you an example. That's a that's a true freshman like like Kenrick can come in here in January and already he looks like one of the older players. Now, is he ready to step foot on the field yet? No but that's a massive maturation uh, change from the beginning to where we are now in just seven, eight months. When you look at Martez, that's been years, and he's so much more mature. He has a better understanding of who he is, and he'll be fighting with that right tackle position with J.J. Gaday, who's played a lot of football for us. Unfortunately, over the last few years, hasn't been able to stay healthy enough, uh, and so we can always put Quinn at that position too if we feel comfortable sliding guys down to the guard position, but I, lo- I really like Quinn where he's at. But, you know, Quinn's just such a great teammate. He'll do anything. Uh, The left guard position with Carter Shaw, you know, he's an experienced guy. He's played a lot of college football and been in a role where he can back up the guard and the center position for us, uh, which is key. And then Tyler Tyler Cooper, who this is his time to go, you know, and I've told him that and he knows that this is his time to go. Put your foot on the gas and let's go. But it's going to be a great battle as we keep going forward. I really like a lot of the young players. Uh, the Tony Nelsons of the world and the Ashton Beers of the world. I mean, it's been been fun to watch them go. Greg Johnson seems like he's been here two years already, and he just got here in January. That's what I mean. These guys are maturing at a very rapid level, and they're coming here with that expectation is, I want to help, and I want to help in any way. It's not like, hey, I'm going to start. Listen, they have an open mind. I'm going to help, and I'm going to do everything I can to be a great teammate. And when you do that, you're going to get better naturally. Personnel-wise, I think it's just – solidifying some positions. Yeah, I think we have eight, nine defensive linemen that can rotate. I think Winston has done a tremendous job of of developing that unit, probably better than I've ever seen in my 11 years being a head coach. Uh, Complete compliment to him, Coach Rossi, uh, and just how these guys have grown up, their excitement level towards their position, um, their excitement level towards getting better and growth on and off the field. They're long, they're big, they're strong, they're athletic. But you can do that and still not be very good. You've gotta be able to connect. I've seen a ton more gratefulness in that room. And I think gratefulness is one of the least talked about things that connects a locker room more than anything. And uh, I think we have a very grateful football team for each other Uh, and our D-line, it starts there. But I just wanna see those guys be able to truly keep coming together and make each other better. You don't have to be the guy that gets the sack. As long as you're doing your job, You can create a double team to get somebody else a sack. Then it'll be your turn next. But I think that selfless gratitude play is what I'm looking for up front. Linebacker, uh, and then, you know, obviously it's not just about getting pressure on the quarterback. We just all have to play better as 11. You know, one player doesn't make a defense. Six players don't make a defense. Coach Rossi's talked to our defense about our 11 have to be better than your 11. That's it. But our 11 working together have to do it better than what your 11's doing. And we said that for a long time and just love the way he put it. So you'll see a bunch of 11s over there on defense. And uh, uh, don't get it mixed up with Tweez or anything. It's just you'll see a bunch of 11s uh, for those guys. And I, I love the philosophy of that and the mindset. And these guys have embraced that. And uh, it goes back to the poise word that you, you used. And that's been a huge word of emphasis for us. Because if you don't have poise, it's poison. Truly. I mean, that, you don't need that. Uh, you've got to be. And we're going to be in some critical situations, I'm sure, that we're going to have to have it. And our defense, uh, we're going to expect that from them for sure.
2: P.J. Fleck, of course, talking about, I, I guess you would obviously say that the AD is smart because he hired you, right? Isn't that the way it works? You you obviously think every AD that hired you was a, was a smart AD. But I, I think the one thing that w- we're finding in college football, though, with the, and he talks about the, the growth of newcomers, I think it's so important now with the transfer portal the way it is and with the reliance on a lot of young guys um, in certain situations. coming in to make an impact and then having these guys who don't know the system coming in in June and suddenly having to be key players for them. I think that's a big part of who's going to be successful in college football.
3: Yeah. And I think coach Fleck, he's got an interesting uh, area. And I think this really goes into his motivational wheelhouse because everybody is pointing at Wisconsin as being the favorite. The few who aren't pointing at Wisconsin are pointing at Iowa. And then a lot of the media says that, you know, Bielema at Illinois is doing big things. And Minnesota has went from the next big thing to being overlooked. And I think uh, PJ Fleck can sell the the world against us just about as good as any coach can.
2: He's an underdog. He can do the row the boat underdog,
3: right? Yes, exactly, (laughs) exactly. Now, if we go to Maryland... Coach Loxley's got a whole different cup of tea when the top of your division says Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. Let's hear what this man has to say.
13: I think, one, his ability to extend plays. You know, his off-platform game, which in the game of football now, and a lot of the things that quarterbacks do come off-platform. And his ability to extend plays with his feet, his accuracy, uh, his ability to take off with the and run with the ball when when needed, uh, are all things I know, having coached on the other side of the ball, are, are things that give defenses trouble, as well as just his uh, competitive spirit.
14: What are some of the things that you'd like to see him improve upon as you enter into the the, the spring, this the, uh, summer camp here?
13: You know, the one thing when we evaluated his game from a year ago that kind of jumped off the tape for us was the deep ball accuracy. And this was something that he had excelled in the year before. But for whatever reason, we felt like we, we left some plays out on the field where – we either didn't make the throw or we didn't make the right kind of throw. And so we put a big emphasis on that deep ball accuracy, whether it's the big post, the nine ball, leaving it outside, the corner out. Those were all things we tried to emphasize, uh, the right kind of trajectory on the ball, the right placement, throwing guys open down the field and uh, it's something I expect to see him improve upon.
14: What was your relationship with Tua like that helped you with Talia at College Park?
13: The Tonga Vailoa family, I've been uh, involved with them since I wanna say like 2016, when the recruiting process started on Tua. Um, obviously we had coaches that were responsible for co- uh, recruiting them, but having them on campus, getting to know him and then becoming a co-coordinator uh, his first year and then the coordinator year two, uh, the quarterback, the head coach kind of are hip to hip, especially because of my my involvement on the offensive side of the ball. But having Coach Tua definitely played a major, major role in our ability to attract or to get Leah to decide to come to Maryland. Because I think Tua uh, was that third party validation that I needed to say, you know what? This guy has a system that fits perfectly for what you do, and he knows how to take you where you can't take yourself.
14: And when you talk to Maryland fans, they're looking for a big season this year, of course, with him at quarterback. But when you look at the program as a whole, you haven't had three straight winning seasons in 20 years. What does it take to build that consecutive success within a program?
13: Yeah, I think it starts with having an understanding that you don't build on what's happened. You got to knock it down and start from scratch every year. But what you do is take away some of the the things that allowed you to have the type of success and it's to me um the goal is to compete for a championship but you don't let the work that's necessary to necessarily to do get in the way of uh, of the goal and so to me i think our players understand that it's great to have goals to compete from championship but we've got to embrace doing the work
14: when you love saying that success leaves clues, that's a saying you love. Um, what does that mean in your words? Like, what has impressed you about this team? What clues are you starting to see with this group?
13: Well, it starts in the locker room, um, being connected and committed. Um, college football with the transfer portal and the NIL and all those things that have taken probably the greatest team sport and now kind of individualized it somewhat because, players are individually benefiting in college from, from, from their name, image, and likeness, while also the ability to leave and come as they please. And to me, the quicker you can get that connectedness within your team, within your locker room, and even when you bring in new parts, have them buy in, um, the quicker you'll have a chance to win. And I feel really good about the way our locker room has progressed over the last four years.
14: We're here at this Big Ten Media Day. Um, Certainly so much hype leading into the season, big mega TV deals that were just signed uh, in the off season. So there's so much to get excited about, but playing in the Big Ten, coaching in the Big Ten, what makes this the best conference in college football?
13: Well, I think it's the personalities when you talk about coaches. I mean, some of the best coaches in all of football, and and, and you look at the track record of some of the guys that, that I get a chance to compete against at, at, at Little Old Maryland. I mean, to be able to go up against you know four or five of the teams that have cons- consecutively or consistently been in the top five, top ten in the country is something that we strive to be able to do, and, and we're excited about it. From top to bottom, and I've been in the ACC, I've been in the SEC, I've been in the Big Ten, a couple different uh, stints. Uh, There's no doubt that in every Saturday or Friday that you have an opportunity to play in this league, you better make sure you have your team prepared and you better be prepared for a dogfight.
14: When you talk about little old Maryland, uh, what makes that fan base special, in your opinion?
13: I just think the grit of our community. Uh, The DMV area is the most powerful city in the world, Washington, D.C. We've got the benefit of Baltimore and being right in the middle of two big metropolitan areas, while also offering what a small town college uh, campus is like. So we've kind of got the best of both worlds and just being able to be around so, so, so many powerful individuals there in the city, while also you know, the, the strength of just the, the type of market that we're in.
14: And you talk about that DMV market, and I know you know it well. Um, describe what your experience was like growing up and selling tickets to Maryland uh, Gaines back in the 80s.
13: I mean, I grew up, I think, in probably the best era of it. I know we've had some stints in the mid-70s where we've had great success, but that mid-80s team is the one I grew up on and cut my teeth on as a, a, a young Guy that aspired to come and play at Maryland, which I didn't get the opportunity to do, but I did make quite a, I did make some good money because of those Maryland teams in '83, '84, '85, where we won three straight ACC titles. We were one of the top teams in all of college football. Um, They kept me busy because they they sold out Old Bird Stadium.
14: Could you have ever imagined those days? Like thinking back then, you know, note to your younger self that hey, you're gonna be the head football coach of this program one day.
3: Yeah, I, I I look at what's going on at Maryland. And I got to be honest with you; they are so dependent upon keeping the quarterback. Then I cannot pronounce his last name to save myself. Uh, they, they have to keep him upright. It, this team is is a good team, but if he gets hurt, there's a there's a big drop off there. And I just think that you've got you're going up against three stellar defenses within your division. Uh, you've got to get that offensive line and make sure that that they don't have mistakes. They just can't afford to make them.
2: Yeah. Shout out to NBC Sports for getting us that tidbit there yep. from uh, Mike Loxley. Of course, Mike Loxley has done... I think he's done a fantastic job at Maryland. I mean, he really has. I mean, I, and he understands, you know, he had his... He was known, you know, for being a great recruiter. He's been in the Big Ten at Illinois. He was offensive coordinator. Had a lot of success. Got a head coaching job. Didn't go so well. Got another chance. And now he's done a great job. I think he... I mean, that's a tough place. I'm not saying that Maryland isn't a good school and doesn't have a good football program, but they're in this, in that division. When you have to play Penn State, you have to play Michigan, you have to play Ohio State. That is really tough. It is tough to win week in and week out in that division. And then when you cross over, who do you get? Well, maybe you get a physical team like, a well, you know, Illinois or Iowa or Wisconsin. Minnesota, teams that like to run the ball, they wear you down. I mean, it is really tough. Maryland's a tough place to win. It's just that simple. and it's he's done a really good job of making them competitive. I've been very impressed by that. and he he knows what it takes to win. He's won he's won a lot of games as an assistant and a head coach now. And um, you know, they obviously, the goals are to to make that next step. I'm not sure it's going to happen this year. I don't think it will. But, you know, maybe down the road they can,
3: yeah. the the thing that Loxley brings to play is he is the x factor for bringing in. Uber talented players because he has proven a history. You know, you can go all the way back to Aurelius Ben. You know, he has a history of bringing in some real studs to infuse into a program. And he's going to need that because, again, as the current, of course, and we don't know, maybe the Big Ten changes next year if he is in a pod, let's say, that doesn't have all three of those teams in it. Maryland may be in a much better position in the new Big Ten than they are in the current Big Ten. Of course, we won't know that for a little bit.
2: Yeah, and you wonder, like, with these two teams, I mean, Minnesota has been a little bit in that Big Ten West. What's it going to take for them to step up? What's going to take for Maryland? What's going to take for either one of these teams to kind of raise their level, to get become part of the tops, be the favorite in their division eventually? What's it going to take? I, I don't know. And today's landscape, if it's even possible for Maryland until maybe we go to the the wide open Big Ten of next year, because I think it's really tough.
3: They almost have to go in right now. They almost have to go nine and three. They have to lose to the three teams that you think they're going to lose to and win the rest of them, go to a New Year's Day bowl and get the catch the eye of the young and talented players who are coming up. And we know those high school players, many times they don't always watch all the games, but they do kind of pay attention to the bowl games and they pay attention to who gets drafted on draft night in April. I think that's, that's the route for a team to move up the pecking order.
2: Yeah, no question. And I I would agree with that completely. And what I would say is that they're, they have very little margin for error. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, they're just not, you can't afford to kick kick one game early because if you do, you know you've got those teams left on your schedule, and it isn't pretty.
3: Yeah, it's not not easy to make up a loss when you got to go to to Happy Valley.
2: Yeah, no question. Well, I, I tell you what, it's been fun talking college football, Mike. You you actually, if I didn't know better, I think you knew something about college football, and um. So, but here, but here we are. You
3: know, yeah, here we are. there's there's no choice when Larry's lost.
2: He still hasn't found us yet, so uh, occasionally he finds us. But you know, he's just random. He's still in the, he's stuck in the orange room. Uh, can't get the door open. Stuck in round, surrounded by boxes.
3: Yes, right now, around so. boxes and everything. As the program is evolving, as we're remodeling for the start of a new season. Larry's lost. We may have him stuck in a closet somewhere.
2: Yeah, well, well, now we got to kick to a, a commercial here, and we're going to find out. Uh, we got more later, more talks, more football later, Brett Bielema. We're going to hear from him and the Illinois, uh, head coach and see what they're looking like as they head into the, uh, the season.
3: Well, Brad, the, uh, board of trustees at Michigan state, they voted unanimously on Wednesday, to authorize the school to re, for uh, to sell alcohol, four games beginning with future Big Ten foe University of Washington. Now that I, sounds like a winning proposition to me.
0: Well,
2: I, it should be interesting because you know the Michigan State fans aren't going to be happy with uh, if if Mel Tucker loses the, the to the three teams that he has to play in Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. So there could be some beer porn poured on people's head. Now you remember, I remember. Mike, do you remember the day I remember I was at um, the Illinois-Missouri game one year back in like 2007, and Quinn Snyder left the floor and they dumped popcorn on his head.
3: Yep, yep.
2: Now imagine s- about 75,000 angry Spartan fans with beer. With beer. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think you have to do it because you're going to make so much money and you have to keep up with the Joneses. But at the same time, Mel Tucker's may have to get an umbrella to leave the field. Who knows?
3: Well, and I saw what Governor Whitmer said. Uh, she said the, the 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 new law would reduce the likelihood of binge drinking before games. Hello, Governor. It's a tailgate. <laughs> it's not reducing anything. It's just and then, allowing
2: them to keep drinking for three more hours.
3: <laughs> exactly. And then the other part was, and then the truth comes out. That's what I like about it. The truth finally comes out while bringing in a heck of a lot more revenue. So we know at least we've got one kind of honest politician who's willing to to do this. And, of course, Illinois has done that. Other teams have done that around the Big Ten. I, I don't know that there's anything really earth-shattering about this. But then you look at Michigan State's home schedule, and you are thinking, like, will Coach Tucker be okay? I mean, <laughs> th- there's some tough games. I don't know that I necessarily want too many fans having a good seven to ten hours of drinking. <laughs>
2: Well, and the, the good news is the players have been well-behaved post-game, yeah, too. So, yeah. oh, wait, wait, wait. No, wait, oh, wait that, but that's, that's, is,
3: yeah, you're right.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So maybe, maybe they'd be more relaxed if they had a couple of beers. I don't know. Oh, the I team
3: gets them, too? Team, well, them. No,
2: I, I don't <laughs> think that's in there. But, you know. but I also know that Governor Whitmer must not have tailgated much because if she thinks it's going to reduce – binge drinking, then uh, I don't think she's uh, quite with it there. But, yeah, it it should be interesting. And and I think this is going to happen at every stadium across the country eventually uh, because, you know, you're going to keep up from a financial standpoint. We've seen this. They're moving conferences across the country to get more money. So they're going to take in as much money as they can. The other part is it just makes it a, you know, people, it's a better experience for most people. Um, You know, it's, it's intriguing, though, that does it become, here's my question. There's a lot of families that go to these football games, so Does it become less of a family atmosphere, Mike, when you start selling uh, Um, alcohol? I
3: I will tell you what. I I have seen some fights at pro football games that are just downright scary, and so I, I wouldn't want that mood to happen. But I also thought the athletic director, Alan Haller, had some great points. He said, for me, it's about the amenities that our fans are able to appreciate in our stadium. I want our fans to have the same amenities in our stadiums that they have when they travel to support our team at visiting stadiums. So we're now going to have alcohol here that we didn't, you know, that that we have it on the road and maybe they'll just go to a single tunnel like they have in Michigan so that they can (laughs) have more fights. More fights. Maybe they will.
2: Everybody goes in the same tunnel. Very well, a cheaper.
3: One only one tunnel should be much less expensive.
2: No, they can save money. They're making money. What a deal! They can No one. They can afford Mel Tucker's salary now.
3: Yes. With yes. Little
2: extra bit. So that's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to watch what happens there uh, at Michigan State.
3: and speaking of affording uh, salaries, we've got to go to a commercial break here to make sure that we can afford to pay Brad Sturdy. So we'll be right back after these moments of paying Brad.
0: a free consultation 303-957-3092 that's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092 or visit them at at neonrain.com.
5: This ad furnished by Nesmontage LLC offer not valid in all states or prohibited by law. Loans are subject to lender approval. See website
6: for details. Honey, the credit card bill came and we're maxed out. Great. Maxed out cards, rent is due, bills are piling up. We just need some extra cash to help us get by. We should do what my brother did. He went to 27cash.com and got $3,000. With our bad credit? 27cash.com is different. They're one of the largest personal loan networks. They can help people with any type of credit get up to $5,000. I'm sure there's a lot of paperwork. Nope. My brother said it was fast and easy. He did it right from his phone.
5: If you have a regular source of income, you can be approved for a loan of up to $5,000 in minutes, and your cash can hit your bank account as soon as the next day. Our lenders have millions of dollars to lend regardless of your credit
6: history. Great news. I went to 27cash.com, and we'll have our money as soon as tomorrow. Wow. That is fast. If
5: you need extra cash, go to 27cash.com. That's 27cash.com. 27. 27- Cash.com.
7: The first 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you, we promise. Call the tax doctor right now, I mean right now, to
8: learn more. 800-917-8546. 800-917-8546. 800-917-8546. That's 800-917-8546.
0: You're listening to the Big Sports Radio Network with Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, and Brad Sturdy.
2: Another Big Ten team that's coming off a really good season last year. Kind of a, one of the surprise teams in the Big Ten was the Fighting Illini from Illinois. Illini went 8-5, and 8-4 and four regular season, lost uh, a bowl game, um, but went to a New Year's Day bowl, which is something that hasn't happened a lot in Illini land. They're getting ready for a season, and they've got pretty high uh, expectations. Let's hear from what Brett Bielema has to say.
11: You talked when you first got the
2: job about raising football IQ and situational awareness and all that. Where do you think that's at in the program, even as
11: obviously you get new guys
2: every year.
15: Yeah, good question. Twofold, right? So um, there are literally uh, of the original 130-man roster that I took over when I came here three years ago, there's only 20 players back from that original roster, right, that sat in that first meeting I ever sat in. So as the program has evolved, as the roster has transitioned, uh, one of the challenges we have every year is to remind our guys or remind ourselves of the guys that haven't had the same knowledge that those guys had. So during fall camp, I did a lot of uh, first-year player meetings, the entire first Uh, week where I met individually with those group of of new players that went through early down third down all the situational football Uh, and then I kind of had a mid-level class right guys that are kind of uh, that have returned have heard it but maybe haven't heard it three times and then obviously our daily install is the group that everybody hears so I think we're uh, ahead but especially with a couple new signal callers you know with with uh, 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 Luke and, and John in particular those guys um, haven't really heard football as we say it here at illinois so it's been great for them
5: looking days and how are roles being defined in a roster depth chart Is
15: yeah so really we had a big scrimmage on friday uh didn't touch their legs saturday and sunday let them kind of just recover Had a lot of personnel meetings and we kind of now on monday uh, literally started doing some look team stuff uh, obviously uh, our first four opponents are all new opponents we've never played uh, obviously uh, uh, first toledo these guys have never played toledo we've never played kansas we have a uh, a rematch game against Penn State, but there's a year in between. there. There's so a lot of new players, new faces, new schemes, uh, and then of course FAU. So we're getting a lot of preseason work on our first opponents, especially Toledo and Kansas, that we've never really done this before. So we started working that a little bit on Monday on the back half of every practice. So that kind of defines your look teams per se. Uh, but we're still trying to find those uh, top two deep and our swing guys at every position. Some positions probably a little more settled. It's pretty easy to say, you know, Johnny and Keith are our best two defensive ends, but Guys behind them battling out at the nose, it's a good competition. Outside linebacker, three guys are really competing at a high level, uh, at the safety and corner positions. We got a lot of guys that have played good football, but to get them back in new rules, of course, offensively, I'd say a quarterback, just a really good competition between those top three or four guys. Um, been really impressive to watch the growth of them. Uh, wide receiver, we really like Isaiah, Casey and, and Pat, what they've done, but the emergence of Hank Beatty is playing at a higher level. Um, Malik Elzey is very impressive for a freshman. Um uh, Ashton Hollins has made a big jump from a year ago. Sean Miller, right? So some of those guys really jumping out. I'd say a running back, you know, uh, just like we thought coming into it, Josh and Reggie are kind of at a different level, but Caden Fagan is very impressive. Jordan Anderson was out for a couple days, came back fresh legs, and Aiden lawfrey took one to the house uh, Friday night. It was pretty impressive to watch. So we're kind of getting a little bit of everything. Um, excited about the growth. But just
3: for clarity, Zai's not a guy you think could
15: be limited? Long no. Long. So Zai uh, literally tweaked his ankle on – Monday, Monday or Tuesday. Um, uh, they originally told us, you know, probably be a week, but he's telling me he's going to be back tomorrow. Um, he looks good. He's coming back. I would I would guess if we don't get him back for Friday, really the majority of these guys, if we don't get him for Friday's scrimmage, we should have him on Tuesday for practice. Are
11: you closer on
15: quarterback? Uh, we're closer because we're getting better every day. Uh, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind since we started uh, through these first 11 practices, our guys are playing better than they ever played. L- literally every, every one of those guys. So, uh, I like where we're at. We'll see where we're at Friday after the scrimmage and see where we go. When will
9: you name somebody? you
15: have an idea? Uh, same same. friend that I've always said. When we're ready to name him, we'll name him. I think it's important for us to, uh, you know, have our guys know who that guy is mm-hmm. as we get into t- uh, game prep. But uh, it's really kind of every day brings some uh, highs and lows for everybody, and they're just getting better.
3: It seems to me maybe I'm wrong. You mentioned Caden a few more times in the last, hey, yeah, the last couple of times we've talked. What's his progression been like?
15: Well, to be honest, you know, Reggie and Josh take the majority of the reps with the ones. And then those other guys have been rotating through the twos. Jordan, unfortunately, uh, just had a just had a, a, a minor soft tissue. So he's out of the rotation four or five days. So I put the majority of it on Caden and Aiden. And uh, those two guys, kind of local guys, literally half hour each away, right? Like kind of cool. And then, but they're completely different running back styles. And, and they just, complimented you there very well and really Caden um you know for for being a big back can really move so he's been impressive I've been impressed with him sounds funny right like he looks good at running back but he's left guard on punt uh he's a backside guard on kickoff return uh been very impressive in all the special team stuff just as uh he's a very present young man like everything he does has got deliberate intentions he's very uh detailed in his approach very mature I mean he looks 35 right and he acts it too
11: Casey is just a soft tissue Casey issue. Casey Washington? Or,
15: yeah. Or yeah. Uh, he'll be back. Yeah, right he'll soon. be back. Um, again, he'd be one. I don't know if we'll have him for Friday. I think he's optimistic about it, but um, he practiced yesterday. It's just, it was full go, right? Just some of these guys, Tariq Barnes, too. Tariq just kind of had a little, uh, really, an intercostal strain in his rib cage, like nothing serious. But if we kept him going, it'd probably make him play a little, um, you know, not at full. And I'd rather. For us, like if Casey Washington doesn't go, then it really put a lot of stress on these backup, right? And that's what we really did today. About after period 15, we took all the ones out of it and made our, our ones twos and our threes twos, right? So uh, our made our twos ones and our threes twos, and it, it was really good work.
3: I wanted to ask you, how, how are you balancing just the physicality of what you need to see in fall camp with having such a late bye week and not wanting to lose guys? Yeah, so
15: a couple things before A's like practicing the evening was a big part of it. And even in midweek here for two weeks in a row, we've gone mornings, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, we go afternoons and we let them sleep in. So one of the things I did uh, during the out of season, um, literally from uh, the time we got done with our bowl game to where we, about a month out, I literally talked from coaches from SEC, ACC, uh, uh, the West Coast, and really talked to coaches that I respect about how they're getting players, you know, um, uh, in these limited tam- camp schedules to be fresh, right? And be uh, uh, engaged. And I've been a really, I'm an early morning guy, right? So I kind of make everybody else do that because I think it just kind of get up there, do our work. But one thing I did realize, right? Like the the more we can let these guys sleep, the better they perform. Young kids aren't going to go to bed before 10. They're definitely not uh, going before 10. They might go at 11. You're lucky you getting in bed. Not that they're doing anything bad. I think they're just, they're just up, right? They, they watch late night TV. They watch movies. They watch Netflix, play video games. So, if they're going to bed at midnight and I'm getting up at 530, they're getting five and a half, right? So we've now on the last uh, uh, two weeks on Thursday, Friday, and Saturdays, we don't bring them in the building until close to 1030, 11 o'clock in the morning, and it just allows them to get more recovery. What's
9: your ticket gave away, you and your wife were doing mm-hmm. how, how First of all, how's it work and How many people are, are expensed into
15: us? Well, you know, uh, so Jen and I, yeah, uh, you know, when we got hit with the Family First campaign, I kind of said this would be kind of neat for us to give back to mm-hmm. the community, and uh, the, the response has been overwhelmingly positive. Obviously the ticket sales has been through the roof. I think Josh uh, and, and his crew have been putting out the statistics on that to have over 10,000 new ticket sales is just a season ticket sale, not, not just tickets like season tickets. Right. So that's like a huge uh, opportunity for not just us in the football program, but department of athletics um, in the community. I can't tell you how many times, whether dropping the girls off for school or picking them up. Uh, somebody says something about that in particular. Um, so it's been very positive, but, just another great outreach. And the one thing that's been awesome for us, just the way the community involves us. And and it's been very positive. I haven't been in, but we haven't lost a game yet. We're undefeated. Right, so everybody's a really happy. Of, a
11: lot of interesting getting those, right? And so you're heard from all sorts of
15: Yeah. Um, really, uh, at the end of this week, I'm going to get a report kind of just where it's going and what they're doing, because that first game is going to be on us uh, sooner than later. So I'm getting a lot of outside help for us in that regards on what where, where it's going and what it's doing.
2: Brett Bielema is probably, you know, There are very few guys, you know, we, we go back to his history at Wisconsin and now at Illinois, he's won about as many games as anybody in the big 10, as many big 10 titles as anybody. Um, So this guy's been around the block and and he's doing a good job with the Illinois team. He talks about, there, talking about raising the team IQ. And I think that's huge because you're maybe not going to get the athletes that you can get at a Michigan, Ohio state, or even Penn state but you can get really smart football players. You play really smart football. And I know when he was hired at Illinois, he talked about complimentary football and offensive defense, you know, complimenting each other, things like that. Um, But so I I think he's got the right plan uh, for Illinois and they might be a sleeper in that big 10 West.
3: Yeah. You know, and, and earlier this week on, you know, on Thursday you had, um, you had the big 10 network was there to, and, and and watch what was going on at practice. You know, Howard Griffith, Gary DiNardo, Dave Revson and, and Bielma really hit the, the, the football 101 that he's pretty famous for. And even getting down to how a defensive lineman who is rushing onto the field when a team surprises them with a field goal attempt, how that lineman needs to get onto the field to prevent getting an offsides penalty that could allow a first down and allow the offense to, uh, you know, then go towards the the goal line, you know, and try to score a touchdown. And and it's little things like that that Brett Bielma does. That's why his teams win. You know, we've talked to business consultants, and and many times one of the things a guy told me was, you know, good people are successful because they do the things that make them successful. And you don't really understand that until you coach. And then you find out that it's those little things that the best players do that makes them the best players. Brad, you've got all staters that you coach every year. And it's probably those little things that you teach them that is part of why they end up at that level of accomplishment.
2: Well, they learn in spite of me, but yeah, I do think (laughs) the details are a a big key. I I think sometimes we get lost in, we get lost. We forget about those details. It's, it's foot positioning. I know, I know I spent a lot of time in, in basketball practices, college basketball arenas around the country and going to things. And there's little things like even how they position their feet, little, those little details that you don't see when you're a fan doesn't see when they're sitting in the 30th row. But Brett Bielema sees everything, you know, is our positioning or how are we with our shoulder? How are we with our foot? Is our foot pointing the correct direction? Whatever it is, he he sees that. Where's the ball position when you're, when for the quarter, all that stuff, all those details, how do we line up? We line up exactly the right distance away from the tight end as the wide receiver in the slot. How far away are we? All those little details are how you win games and they create mismatches, space, all those different things in football. And and that's uh, it's really fun to watch a guy who's able to do that um, and, ha- and have success there. Now, the other thing he talked about that was interesting to me was the late night practices. They, they They like the late night practice. Now, I know he has a couple. Illinois does have a couple of night games, so maybe it makes sense to practice later in the evening.
3: Yeah, I think that's a much better time for the biological clock of the college male. So I think <laughs> I think he's hit on something there. And of course, Illinois' volleyball coach, uh, Coach Thomas, last week told reporters that he was uh, moving his uh, practices to the morning. And uh, so we've got two divergent uh, coaching opinions on how to get this done. I think part of it is driven by... Class times and when you can when you can get people, you know, into class. But I do think um, if I was in college back, you know, back in the day, I would have much preferred to practice as late in the day as humanly possible.
2: You you wonder if they didn't get together and say, we're going to try and keep the volleyball players and the football players apart. Maybe maybe there's an ulterior motive that we didn't know.
3: Yeah, exactly. Although I would say that if you could, you know, you could get the, the you know, a couple of those couples fall in love and have some kids, those are some recruits that you're, those kids are going to be recruits because <laughs> they're going to have, have the size and the athleticism for one sport or the other.
2: You just offer them at birth.
3: It, well, exactly. <laughs> it, 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 the the first person that we've was, ever given an offer who's less than a day old. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. Send a, I mean, instead of sending them a baby gift, a shower, you just give them an offer. You're exactly. A scholarship offer for the year. Uh, what would that be? Twenty forty one. Here you yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. So yep. <laughs> Classic twenty forty one. Yeah, it's interesting. Brett Belama doing a real nice job at Illinois. I, I think this is a big year for the Illini as they try and back up the success from last year. If they're able to do that, I, I will say this: if they're able to win eight, nine games again, I feel like that that's kind of going to Brett Bielema will have his mark set here in the Big Ten, and I, I feel like they're going to be a team that becomes a, uh, uh, I guess a a team that people want to go recruits are going to want to go to. And, and I think he's going to show that he can, you know, win it, win at this level again, uh, which he already did at Wisconsin, but now win at Illinois, which hasn't happened in a while. And taking Price.
3: the, taking the zero star to a uh, fifth pick in the NFL draft doesn't hurt either.
2: Yeah, that's not bad. All right. So that's Brett Bielema, Um And we're going to, we'll be back in just a minute. We've got a little bit more to talk about today. We're going to wrap it up, wrap things up um, when we come back.
9: Attention business owners, have you filed for your employee retention credit and been approved? Are you now waiting for your refund check from the IRS? Instead of waiting months to a year plus, how would you like to get your ERC money in about 10 days? Now you can. With ERCMoneyUpfront.com, we help business owners that have filed their employee retention credit and been approved to get their money faster. If you're getting between $75,000 and $5 million, we could get you up to a 70% advance on that money in about 10 days. To learn more about how you can get your ERC money faster, call this number right now. Speak with one of our funding specialists and have a text sent to your cell phone with details. 800-279-0419.
8: That's 800-279-0419. This is not a loan product except in California. An offer is not
7: available in the state of Massachusetts. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. 800-448-0828, 800-448-0828, 800-448-0828,
8: that's 800-448-0828. and we'll change it. Cancel it and fix it for you. We know the insider secrets to fixing reservations that the airlines don't want you to know about. So if you need to cancel, change, or modify an existing airline reservation, call Skywatch right now. It's a free call, so let us fix it for you. 800 413 7158 800 413 7158 800 413 7158 that's 800-413-7158. We're
1: well, looking around uh, college football as we begin to uh, wrap up this uh, first episode of season two on Big Sports Radio. Uh, one of the big controversies this past spring was Peyton Thorne, the two-year starting quarterback for Michigan State, All of a sudden in spring ball was not being guaranteed a starting job for a third season there. So um was kind of some, you know, some odd stuff going on where he was hearing one thing from the head coach, something else from the offensive coordinator. So he decided to leave lands at Auburn and fellas Peyton Thorne um, is going to wind up being the starting quarterback. Just named this uh, this week for the Tigers.
2: Yeah, it's obviously, uh, it it was an interesting transfer. It's one of those transfers you didn't expect, you know, in the spring and then, you know, moves down there and now he's going to be a starter. That's, uh, and you got experience. Um, I I think it's, it'll be interesting to see how they, how how he does in the SEC. Um, Obviously it's going to be another tough schedule, um, similar to what they had in that, in in their conference here. So, yeah, I I think that, uh, but you wonder back, where he left, you know, you didn't guarantee a starting spot and the kids good enough started Auburn, then he might be pretty good. Seems like maybe they messed up there.
3: Yeah. And coach Tucker, I'm sure wants Peyton Thorne to do well, but it's going to put coach in quite a place. If Peyton Thorne has a really good season and Michigan state goes through some struggles like they did last year, this is one of those decisions that you make as a coach that you do the best thing you can And then you go, oh, my gosh, when it doesn't work out the way you want to. So I'm sure going to be some some a little bit of a tightrope walk for uh, a coach this if uh, Thorne plays well.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I give it up for Peyton Thorne. This young man believed in his own talents, uh, felt he had deserved to be uh, the incumbent starter. Um, Even though he had some injury problems, the team really struggled this year, Um, believed in himself and said, I'm going to go find a spot that's a good fit for me. And he did. And he's with a great program down at Auburn. And we certainly wish him well. Um, Another quarterback situation that has not been officially settled that in Iowa state, CJ Stroud off to the NFL. Uh, Who will his replacement be under center when they start?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's not like they're going to have any wide receivers to throw to whoever it is. So, (laughs) I mean, like there'll be four NFL guys, right. Two first two round picks uh, sitting out there to throw to, but that that's the most one of the most coveted jobs in college football. And, and it'll be interesting to see when they when they decide to name that and what they're gonna do because you know the the expectations are to the other thing about that job is coveted, but it's also the expectations are crazy high. You're supposed to win the national championship. It's just that simple.
3: Yeah, I thought CJ Stroud was very diplomatic, showed his skills uh when he got into the NFL and basically told the press that he's confident that no matter who the quarterback is, Ohio state will be great. So uh, already CJ is looking like he's got a good, good career as a a pro quarterback and maybe even can jump into politics after this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally agree. Um, You know, another situation that uh, was maybe not handled quite as diplomatically uh, diplomatically as that of Michael Orr. you may have heard, uh, the story here in the past several days where uh, the big former NFL offensive lineman, he, he was the subject of the movie The Blind Side, is now saying that that family that in the movie uh, took him in, um, they did not officially adopt him. He just recently learned, is what he's telling us now, um, and filed a lawsuit saying that also the, the movie that they did once they tricked him, in his words, into signing a conservatorship when he was 18 and therefore could not legally be adopted, is what he was saying. Um, he received no money from that, and so now they are saying that they will uh undo that conservatorship. Um, you know, almost 20 years later. He's now retired from the NFL and in his late 30s. Um, but it was one of those that's you know, it's it's too bad. It was one of those movies that was really popular and and so many people really uh loved the story. And turns out it's not wasn't exactly true.
2: Yeah, it's a, uh, you know, that was the feel-good story. I mean, it's just a, it's one of those things that made Michael Orr kind of famous and uh, kind of became legendary and you see a, the happy feel good stuff you, you know you love that it was like a hallmark movie and and now it's become like a i don't know a lifetime special so i, I guess we had a little change in, in this this story and you hope that somehow they can figure out a way that they can all you know get along figure it out bury the hatchet find a way to get through it but i guess the truth will come out in in what what they find when they invest they investigate
3: Yeah, this is big, though. It's bigger than sports, because when you throw in Sandra Bullock in a very popular movie, my wife actually came up to me and said, did you hear about that? And what do you think about that? And because she's watched the movie several times and and greatly enjoyed it. And, you know, when you find out that a movie that you thought was real, um, maybe a lot of it didn't really happen that way, or maybe even parts of it, you know, didn't happen at all. Um, she was actually like a little disappointed. I was kind of surprised because she's not somebody who seeks out sports stuff.
1: Yeah, and this movie, to your point, made him a household name. You wouldn't know the name Michael Orr if it weren't yep. for the movie. And not that yeah, he, wasn't I, big pro, I mean, but... he was a pro, and he was
2: really good NFL player. But yeah. you know, we don't know most offensive tackles in the NFL, no matter how much they're paid. You know, it's just that's just reality. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. let let alone their adopted mom whether it's yeah. Sandra Bullock or not, you
2: know. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs>
3: yeah. Uh, speaking of ranking, I've,
2: I've used Sandra Bullock as my adopted wife. So,
3: <laughs> wow. You got some guts there, man. I tried to get her to adopt me, but she wouldn't do it. Oh, wait,
2: I maybe I've adopted her. I don't know.
1: Is the wife here? No, she's shooting a movie right now. She's tried out to. six weeks. <laughs> yeah, she's not here. Bless her heart. Uh, Yahoo, ranking the Big Ten helmets uh, top to bottom, no surprise. Michigan and Ohio State were at the top.
2: Yeah, I'm not a Buckeye helmet guy. I mean, it's fine. It's just pretty plain. Most of them are just letters. Yeah, give me, I, give me some exciting. You know, it, you know, I just something a little more, a little different. But most of them are the same. I don't know how you rank them. You yeah. have to try them on. You just have to try them on first. See how yeah, they I fit. D-
3: I guess, but why, whatever, what's wrong with like USC gets down at the bottom of the ranking and then Michigan State is above them. And it's like, okay, they're really not that much different. Um, All the letter ones should be automatically put to where all at the same level. What do we have against the letter R? I don't know. I mean, you know, it down at the bottom and, you know, if Rutgers started with a U and it was Utkers, maybe they would have moved up the rankings. I have no idea, but, and then, and then Penn state, how do you get in the, some letters are better than having nothing on your helmet. And then other letters like the letter R are actually worse than having a blank helmet. I don't know.
1: It's like a Taylor Swift song. I've got a blank space right here on my helmet. Yeah. Okay. All right, it was too early. Hey, uh, it's too late for us. We are done. Another show is done. Season two, episode one is in the books. So I appreciate uh, Dr. Todd Boyd uh, from USC stopping by and talking with us. Great also to have on our roundtable Tom Kakert, uh and Jim Coyle. We'll have them back as well. Enjoy the games and enjoy the weekend. One more weekend without college football and then it's on. And we'll be here to talk about it. Same station, same place next week. See you then.
0: This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports LLC and Revision Sound. We'll be back next week on Big Sports Radio Network.